0: On top of having regular seizures, people living with epilepsy have to deal with psychological, physical, and sometimes social-economical issues. We have heard about depression from us. First guest, We have heard about a broken arm from our second guest and the workplace in our last show where Derek from the UK shared how the workplace can be a safe space for people living with epilepsy. Of course, this calls for self-advocacy and being on the lookout to make sure you find a workplace that has management that is aware of how to deal with people living with epilepsy, we remain in the u k for this fourth installment of our seven part series on epilepsy and today we look at the workplace from a psycho soci, a, a sociological sorry a sociological of viewpoint and we discuss some of the things that can be done from a national government level to make sure that all workplaces are safe places for all people living with epilepsy. We also discuss hustle culture and its effects on people living with epilepsy. My name is Sita Wakula and I am a person living with epilepsy and for the seven weeks between International Epilepsy Day which was on... uh, 13th, it was on the 13th of February, all the way to Purple Day, which is on the 26th of March. I am in conversation with African and Black men from different parts of the world. We've been to Zambia, we've gone to my home country, Kenya, and now we are in the UK. This seven part series has been made possible by Epilepsy Canada, which is a Canadian based charity that does uh, support research for all aspects of of epilepsy. I'd also like to give a special shout out to Epilepsy Action in the UK for linking me up with today's guest. His name is Derek Kay. He is originally from Uganda. He's a storyteller who uses TikTok to share his epilepsy journey and his work life. Enjoy my conversation with Derek. Thank you very much for joining us. If you could start by sharing your name and where you're based.
1: All right, so my name is Derek Kaye and um, I'm based in the UK. Mm. However, I'm, I've been in the UK all my life, um, pretty much since the age of one. <laughs> However, I was in, initially I was born in Uganda and obviously my family and that migrated away. So,
2: yeah. Okay,
0: so could you tell us something nice or interesting that you like about either the UK or Uganda, if there are any things about Uganda that just stick out to you.
1: My experiences in Uganda, um, luckily, my mum always wanted us to be, know, stuff about our roots or whatnot, so she used to take us every summer. So, um, (laughs) firstly, they would always make fun of us, like my brothers and sisters and I, because of our accents,
2: mm-hmm. because obviously
1: they don't sound like we're from Uganda. Yeah. And secondly, they just used to tell us a lot of funny stories um, about um, people who were possessed, uh, like night dancers they called them. But it was just really funny. Yeah. It was a way. I, think, I don't know whether my grandma did it to scare us to go to sleep early, <laughs> but yeah, she just used to tell us some really funny stories about night dancers, people who were possessed that would dance funny at night. Uh, Uh, naked and stuff yeah yeah and make funny chants and stuff yeah (laughs) so she'd be like she'd be like make sure you go to bed early because the night dancers are around
2: (laughs) (laughs) so
0: interesting we have something similar in kenya um
2: yeah
0: i think they're called they're called they are called night runners and so they they apparently also run at night and they run yeah yeah, so, yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah yeah well the actual word they say in Uganda is called Mussezi. that's what they call it um, yeah so it used to freak me out man <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you still think about them now that you're all grown <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I do actually funny you know every time I go back home uh, to Uganda like I always <laughs> it has me thinking like
0: Okay, good. Thanks for sharing that and for sharing uh, where you're from. And yeah. um, now I'd like you to share with us your epilepsy journey.
1: Alright, so initially the first time I I ever... I'm going to tell you my first episode actually. Mm-hmm. remember that day like, it was yesterday so I was about 7 if I'm not mistaken and um I was out with my friends at the time and uh, we were just playing with action men I don't know if you know those action figures that little um okay. yeah so we were just playing with action men because my my neighbor at the time he'd got a new action man so we were playing and um I remember feeling so weird at the time like I'd never felt like this before like my eyes started um could see stars and um I started feeling a bit um, unbalanced and um, shortness of breath so I looked over to my friend and he said, Derek, are you alright? You know, you're acting really strange at the moment I said, I don't know what's wrong with me I just I really feel unwell and he was like, yeah, just remain calm Re- remain calm, Like we're going to obviously call your parents or whatnot because Mary and we were all little kids at the time I'm like, I, I don't think I'm going to make it man. I feel very bad anyways, a few minutes after that my eyes shut, yeah, and I just remember waking up and um, had an oxygen mask mm. on my face and I'm being stretched away. Mm. And I uh, just hear panic in the background like my mum, friends, people crying like panic, panic. So obviously, the most oxygen masks on my face, and I'm just looking around trying to establish like where am I going and who I can just see everyone, uh, yeah. And then my eyes shut again, and I just remember waking up and in the hospital a month. My mum telling me that, ah, oh, do you know what, Derek, are you okay? I'm like, mum, what happened? And she said, Oh, you passed out. And um, they don't know what it is. But um, they think it's maybe some sort of a, a seizure, but they don't know what it is because um, you're not, you don't have epilepsy. And, um, yeah, so that was the first ever time I experienced um, a seizure. And um, shortly after that, obviously, we got uh, referred to... A neurologist.
2: Mm-hmm. As, um, it
1: happened again, and, mm-hmm. um, and that's when I got diagnosed. Yeah, you, you have epilepsy. Shortly after that, I think it was about two, three weeks after that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that initial um, post, or should I say pre, just before the seizure happened,
2: mm.
1: the scariest like moments of my life. Like even now, like I'd say just before the seizure happens, because I can always tell fire mm. before it happens. Mm. scariest moments of my life like the build-up the anticipating the Mm. the anxiety and not knowing why your body's acting a certain way it was just yeah it was just really scary man to this day it still freaks me out man but yeah that that was that's that's how it all come about
0: Uh, the, the way you've explained it it's really taken me there I feel like I was with you and with the other kids just um Watching you go through watching those, you, yeah. yeah. Um, I I I look back and I don't think I, yeah, I think I can remember my first seizure, uh, but I don't think I, I can remember it with the intensity that you shared with you cause mine just yeah. happened like be, between the the, cause I started jacking my left hand started jacking and between the jacking and the full blown seizure, I feel it was almost almost immediate i could say um yeah. i'm curious do you still get the the same type of intensity before a seizure now or is it different forms and shapes that you've grown
1: i don't know i feel like i still get the same intensity but i feel like it's worse now because i feel like the more you know like obviously when you're a child or when you're younger you're more oblivious to certain things so I feel like the more I know now, it freaks me out even more because I know in my head, I'm thinking, oh, what happens if this happens? What happens if mm-hmm. I hit my head? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like your mind is racing. So mm-hmm. I think it's worse now because I just feel like the more I study about it, the more I know about it, mm-hmm. it just makes situations ten times worse. So obviously back then or growing up when I was having it as a kid, I wasn't aware of like um, you going into a status, you can hit your head, mm. um, you need to make sure it, like you make sure you're not in danger. you're not mm. aware of all these things at the time, so you're just thinking of am I, I don't know, I just feel like the more you know the, the more it makes the occasion even worse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess from that perspective, I could have really um prevented a lot of things uh, growing up. Prevented a lot of things. The way I manage uh, myself, I guess I was just so oblivious. Like obviously, as a child, you're gonna do certain things, and um, I guess when you have this condition, you gotta be very vigilant, very very vigilant. So yeah.
0: But I also think as as a child, we just want to go back and play. Like oh yeah, Yeah. even (laughs) even when you have a quote unquote normal accident, you know, like when you hit your toe, it's painful to cry, and I'm not having a seizure is the same as hitting you too, but just the yeah. mindset of a child. Mindset, is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you cry, yeah. and then once you're done crying, and it's not as painful, you're like, oh, I want to go back outside and play, or continue doing what I was doing before whatever happened. You know what? so, yeah, it's not that you're in the mindset that oh, you go out there, and chances are the same rock that you exactly, you know. <laughs> to, you know. So I, um, I think, but now as we grow up. We we start thinking about consequences. And exactly. As children, we're, we might be aware of the consequences, but we're not constantly thinking about exactly. action and effect at that moment.
1: Also, we're not thinking about preventative measures as well. We're not mm. nothing at
0: all. Mm. And, I,
1: and as as crazy as it sounds, there's certain things I wish I still had now as a child. The way I f- I wish like. I feel like I was more, as crazy as it sounds, I feel like I was more, that, being oblivious just made me more braver, I guess, mm. <laughs> I just feel like now I'm just, yeah, I don't have that same, <laughs> that same crazy, like, <laughs> like I was, if that makes sense, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: About things that you used to do or you wish that you could still do now that one you know you have epilepsy and we've talked about now being grown up yeah and so to being a grown-up
1: yeah I just wish that I didn't have to worry about like let's say um let's say I have don't have great sleep because I I just feel like I go through like phases where I'd have great sleep sometimes where I don't and the times where I don't have great sleep, I really have to be careful what I do during that day. Like I, don't, I don't get overly panicky or don't because those are the times where you're really vulnerable. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: back then I didn't really think like that. Like even if I had really bad sleep, i would just go and do <laughs> tra- crazy things and yeah. you know I'd really test myself. Like I remember a few years back, um, I think I was a teenager if I can recall, and um, I'd really had, like, really... Maybe even slept about two hours, and um, it was New Year's... I went to a New Year's Eve party, barely slept, I was knackered, and, um, yeah, I was just in the party, having fun or whatever, Mm. and it was just stupid. It was a stupid thing to do. I should have just went home, and I ended up ruining the whole party because I had a seizure, and the party got closed.
2: Mm. (laughs)
1: Mm. So, things like that, I just so much things that could have been prevented but like I said, when you're young you're not really thinking about preventative measures, you're not really thinking about you're just thinking about, look, I'm young, let me have fun you know
2: <laughs>
1: and sadly it's the people it's the, the, the people in your inner circle, the people that are the ones suffering, you know <laughs>
0: In in Kenya the, there's a phrase, Casey um, Badae, we'll have yeah. the case later, so you know go out, do what you want to do and then we'll have We'll, it's almost like we will handle like the, the the consequences <laughs> later and and yeah, it, yeah. I think that's that's a, a a good place for us to move to challenges because when we think about young people living with epilepsy, there are a lot of things you want to do as a young yeah. person and it's not really about being reckless it's it's part of development because you know yeah. when, you, when you become an older person, there's some things it's like if you didn't do that. When you're young,
2: yeah,
0: you can be doing that right now. and uh, so <laughs> I think it's a challenge for someone living with epilepsy trying to live life as a young person, when they're exactly. Always well, having all this, oh, people are going out, people are doing all these things. I exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, what are it other. Really
2: mixes with
0: yeah yeah and I think also some of the mental health challenges even start developing from that because then I agree. You, you're I missing agree. out you, you you. not even it's not like formal like the fear of missing out it's more of you always having to repress or suppress yourself
2: Repression.
0: yeah so uh, what would you say are other challenges that you faced um, as someone living with epilepsy
1: I just feel like um, when people see you in a particular state, especially if they're seeing epilepsy for the first time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they just have so much um, misconceptions or opinions of you. Like I remember having a seizure in front of uh, colleagues for the first time uh, in a workplace. And the feeling, or should I say, the things they were telling, telling me when I came back officially, after I'd had the seizure, I came back to work because obviously I had some time off. Mm. Like, firstly, I hate being told what I did like during the seizure. It just, especially if I don't know you like that. If, I, if we're not, mm. if we're not really close. You're telling me stuff that I did. It just, it doesn't sit with me well. So firstly, they just kept telling me, Ah, oh, you were crying. You were really emotional. You're shaking about like this. You, you wanted to hug me." I it was so uncomfortable that I just I quit my job. <laughs> Put it that way, mm-hmm. I ended up quitting my job. It was just, I just felt like it wasn't, the environment wasn't right for me. And um, so I just feel like um, for people for the first time who see epilepsy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it can either go really bad mm-hmm. or okay. So there's no, in, in the middle, where I tend okay. to find yeah. Mm-hmm. Either goes really bad because it just becomes weird and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I guess the other way other side is they've just become really understanding but mm-hmm. I mean haven't been that lucky I'd say the majority of them have been really bad because like I said growing up epilepsy wasn't um it wasn't talked about a lot so a lot of people didn't know about it so
2: mm-hmm.
1: most people they've seen it for the first time
2: mm-hmm. and mind
1: you back then you don't want to a lot of people we didn't want to disclose that we had epilepsy because it just made People feel like we're incompetent or,
0: mm, mm. or liability
1: or burden, you know? Mm. So all these worries, you know? Mm, mm.
0: And, so, and a lot of curiosity, for your parents at that time, um, even the very past seizure, you've been seven years old, what what was that like for them, if you know at all?
1: Um, I think it was really scary for them. And I think they must... I force for them because... It must have been really, um, what's the word? Just exhausted because my mum had, had had cancer,
2: mm. and
1: she was she was basically um, just recovering from cancer. So mm. they've been in and out of hospital, obviously dealing my mum's cancer. Mm. So now to realise that now your son's unwell as well. Now mm. you're back in the hospital. Bearing in mind you've just left hospital, you've recovered, mm. you recovered, you thought everything life was moving forward now, and now you're loved one you're obviously your son now is really unwell as well so I guess you're just frustrated at that point you're just kind of fed up thinking like why me sort of like
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah I feel from that from that perspective you know no one wants that especially when you haven't been well and now you now your are yep. the person that's most dearest to you is going through something as well so I just I think they're just deflated just really frustrated yeah it's challenging 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 time. Because um, like I said, my mum had cancer, so she was meant to die. Actually, mm-hmm. she was meant to die, but um, she managed to recover. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a challenging time for her. Yeah.
0: Um. um thanks first of all for sharing that and sharing about right. your, your family. Um, and 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 as you grew up, did the support and care uh, and even not just from them to you, but from the community for your family, did that improve or that didn't really factor in?
1: It improved, but I just feel like you got to bear in mind that epilepsy is not one of them conditions where... I just feel like, obviously, with with the internet becoming more and more prominent, Mm -hmm. that's helped. But prior to that, it, it was one of them things like my parents were like, just be careful. Obviously, you shouldn't be embarrassed, but at the same time, a lot of people are not going to understand. Mm. So, just be wary of the way you feel. You don't want to be in a work environment and this happens, and then they, they, they don't they feel like you're incompetent or they don't want you around. So, it's like, I guess they were kind of confused because not a lot of people are wary of of epilepsy, and obviously, my parents are very religious. So obviously the, the actual Christian community mm-hmm. at the same time wasn't understood, so it was almost seen as, um, uh, I don't know how to say this, it was almost seen like maybe he's having some sort of an attack mm-hmm.
2: that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he
1: could come try and yeah. uh, resolve by prayer and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a very, I guess it was very a confusing place to be mm. because you didn't they didn't want to they didn't want me to grow up being embarrassed about it
2: Mm -hmm. at the same time
1: they knew people didn't understand
2: yeah yeah yeah, So it was a
1: confusing place to be to be honest that's the best way to say
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. you don't want your child to be embarrassed about something they have but at the same time you know a lot of people are not going to understand what they have so yeah
2: yeah
1: and it wasn't one of them things was relatable because growing up like I didn't really we didn't really know a lot of people
0: that had epilepsy so mm, mm, mm. And, and i think that's one of the key reasons why awareness and and just continuous conversations about epilepsy is important because
2: important, yeah.
0: yeah it doesn't mean that there aren't people out there living with epilepsy it's just that no one is really talking about it and exactly
1: that's the problem it,
0: it looks like it's an exclusive thing but it's not yeah. exclusive there are many other people that have it but uh, either because of fear of stigmatization or exactly not understanding what's happening looking um, back
1: yeah, looking back i think majority of people like where i'm from anyway i think my of just kept it um didn't talk about it
2: Mm. just for the
1: fact like you said because they didn't want to be stigmatized so yeah mm. I think that's what made it even more uh, difficult the fact that not a lot of people spoke about it so yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and find out families where later on you discover oh I didn't know you had another brother or another sister because <laughs> yeah that person, based on the fact that they live with epilepsy, have sort of almost been shut out of of, of being seen as a family member, and so you yeah, see yeah. only two kids in a family with three kids because that one other child has epilepsy, which is unfortunate, so to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally, totally.
0: Alan, you mentioned about religion, and in the first uh, episode of this series, there's a guy from Zambia who spoke, and he mentioned that. He once had a seizure and he woke up and found people trying to do an exorcism. (laughs) exorcism. (laughs) I'm I'm curious, have you ever woken up and just found all these people? And again, as much as you feel comfortable with sharing.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I don't mind sharing anything. No, thank God I haven't. Uh, My parents never did anything like that. I I think they didn't. Thank God they didn't. But yeah, that would have really freaked me out. But yeah, no never did anything like that um yeah Uh, the 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 most i ever saw was just people generally around me i'd wake up in scenarios you see people around you and you look around thinking who are all these people Mm -hmm. and sometimes people just be praying or most of the time will just be uh, random people who just called the ambulance so yeah Mm -hmm. thank god i've never (laughs) had a situation like that (laughs) Uh yeah
0: um okay okay thanks for sharing that and then you mentioned one of the jobs that you had to leave based on uh, just the general treatment that you got um how do you find the workplace as a, do you find it a safe place for people living with epilepsy or does it depend with the workplace should you as someone or, or should oh, you mind living with i epilepsy? think
1: i think the problem is um I think it depends on the company however i don't think necessarily it's the people that are the issue i just feel like this is um it is a structural problem that um what i mean by problem anyway i just mean that um the way the system is the 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 company structure Mm
2: -hmm. it doesn't
1: really um benefit people uh disabilities, so I'll show you an example, yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: people with epilepsy um you might find that um they have more uh times where they might require some time off or mm-hmm. they have um yeah, for example, time off, and if you look at the company, most company procedures for time off, mm-hmm. they're not structured for somebody with disabilities, so based on that alone mm-hmm. like, a disadvantage basically because. Let's say they have a structure where you have to call in sick, and then after you call in sick, you have to have a meeting with your manager.
2: Mm. And
1: the whole procedure, if you look at it from somebody who has a, a disability, doesn't mm-hmm. benefit of you because basically you could end up being pushed out based on your disability. So I think that's where the issue is. I just tend to find that they need companies need to restructure. Uh the way they handle people with disabilities and another problem is most businesses I just feel like it's a tick box exercise because because of the um, the fact that they're trying to cater to everybody so obviously they need people that have no conditions whatsoever, Uh they need a variety of um, workers so obviously white, black etc
2: they
1: need uh, people with uh, disabilities so I just generally feel like companies, it's a tick-box exercise. How many different people can, can we get? Okay, we've got yeah. enough um, Why? we've got people with disabilities, we've got, you know what I mean? Mm. So, mm. from that perspective, you're just making up that. Mm. that, mm. that, mm. that,
2: that
0: mm. Does
1: that make sense?
0: We so, are a diverse organisation.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, from that perspective, you're not really... Uh, a priority you're just there to tick a checkbox
2: yeah
1: but yeah that's that's the problem i tend to find like with companies anyway you had they have to there has to be some sort of they need to change up the structure and the way they 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 work it around because i tend to find you over the years yeah it's almost like you're uncomfortable to call in sick because you feel like okay if i call in sick i'm gonna end up in this Stage and then this stage mm. and then before you know it, I'll be out of a job. Yeah, and you know what I mean it's almost sometimes you're living in fear. Should I, you know what mm-hmm. I mean should I call you in sick? Actually no. Nah. And then that's bad as well because you're putting yourself at risk because you end up going into work mm-hmm. and in positions that you shouldn't be in. So
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I, don't know. I think the main challenge at the moment is companies just really need to restructure the way they handle people with disabilities
2: mm-hmm. and take
1: into consideration that they're not going to be like uh, the people that don't have disabilities mm-hmm. because and another thing as well is like everything is very um, what's the word everything is very generic like let's say you have a meeting over the years with your manager and whatnot mm-hmm. the questions they ask you are not catered to somebody with disabilities they're just generic questions mm-hmm. so you end up answering questions that you, okay why were you sick well you know why I was sick how could this prevent, be provided in avoided in the future? Yeah. And then you're just like, What the hell? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's so <generic>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well <like> that? <laughs> And and then before you know it, it's like the experience is so um terrible, you just feel like let me just avoid this in the future and not bother calling in sick. Yeah. So it's almost like you end up going around in circles. And then before you know it, I've had scenarios in the past year where it was so uncomfortable. I just called, I just ended up leaving the job because I just thought, like, you know, I'm tired of going around in this circle. Mm. Okay. Mm. I'm in this stage. Now I'm on this stage.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: Now, and then you're answering the same questions over mm. and over again. Mm. And it's just like, not forget it. I'll just leave. Just save the, the same. <laughs> there,
0: there is no intentionality. that like, exactly. Coming yeah, to yeah. the experience with the intention. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Then I, I I tend to
1: find in that scenario it comes down to the individual discretion, you know. And I feel like it shouldn't be. It should be re, they should restructure. It shouldn't because if you get a bad someone who doesn't have um who's not understanding, well obviously you're not going to be in it in favor, and then you can be out of a job. So
2: mm.
1: yeah. And companies can always find ways of getting rid of you. There's always you know yeah. There's stages yeah. they they can get rid of you. So. Ultimately, I just feel like over the years, it just seems like um, it's down to people's discretion. You know, if you're lucky, you have a good boss or... Mm. And ultimately, that's why I said it's not really the people. It's down to the way businesses structure their methods. of, you know, if Mm. the methods were better, then Mm. it it wouldn't be left down to the manager or whoever's discretion, you know? It would be handled properly. So I just feel like the system needs um, some sort of intervention, some, yeah...
0: And and I agree with what you're saying, uh, because yeah. then if we want to get a job, we shouldn't also be hoping that we get a good manager. The exactly. system should, should be in our focus. Exactly. Uh, and so if exactly. I put myself out there as someone living with epilepsy, wanting yeah. to do job XYZ, I shouldn't exactly. also have to be thinking at the back of my mind, oh, what type of manager is there, but then I should know that oh the system works in my favour and so exactly. all you have to do is to try as much as possible to show up.
1: Exactly. This is it. And I, I just, that's the problem I tend to find with, with organisations. Mm. The, sh- the, the system's not in your favour. So it's like you said, you go into a job and you're hoping, okay, do I have a good manager? Do I have good people around? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah i think um that needs to be that needs to be worked on and i guess that needs to come from the governments Mm -hmm. down you know Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: the governments obviously they're the people that tell businesses that you need to have um uh obviously they 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 started with the discrimination act they -hmm. set all these acts so if they were to put something in place that yeah that takes the power away from from from,
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And do you think advocacy groups and advocates like yourself have a role to play in? Uh... Yeah, do you know what?
1: To be honest, I, I definitely need to talk about it more. 100%. Mm-hmm. I definitely need to talk about it more. And um, so far, I haven't talked about it much. I've had a video where I sort of touched upon it, but it was more like a. I was just talking about experiences that I've had in the, in, in the past, and I was just talking about it in more of a humorous manner. But it's definitely want something that I want to talk about more in the future because I think companies, governments, they've got a long way to, to come to rectify those those errors, you know?
2: We
1: yeah. I mean, like you said, you can't live in fear and live in oh, okay, let me hope I'll get a good boss. Let me hope that my coworkers understand, let me hope.
0: Yeah. You can't live like that. It's it's yeah. And and that's not... two thousand twenty two, yeah. Yeah. And work is not the only space you're in. You're in many other spaces and you're already exactly. carrying a lot of, I hope, I hope, I, do, I hope I, I don't hope. get a seizure today. I hope I, I exactly. get the house and come back safely. I hope Exactly. So when you're, you're spending your day in a certain
1: Open. space, exactly. you don't want
0: to be in that space the whole day. 14. you want exactly. to, cook, you want to enjoy yourself, you want to do what you want. Went out there to do, so um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than work, and um, we've mentioned a little bit about religion, and you said that there's nothing much on that end. Where are other places that you've seen uh, or found challenges as someone living with epilepsy?
1: Well, I feel. I think um, society, in a sense that, um, obviously because of uh, the way we have to live our lifestyle at times, like obviously you need to be very um, vigilant, be aware of how much sleep you're having, rest, stuff like that, and I just feel like this society now, social media, it's all about hard work, put in hard work, do the hours, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know? Castle culture.
1: Yeah, yeah that's it the hustle culture i hate it man because yeah it just makes you feel like crap because i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
0: i i hear you and i feel you on that run oh, man, I, I really
1: hate this hustle culture man because nothing good comes out of killing yourself and working hard like you've, you've done a 10-hour day get home to, to work harder
2: no sleep yeah. there's so much
1: like I'm not going to talk of say the particular names but there's household name people that really promote this hustle culture no sleeping mm-hmm. work hard on the weekends work hard all year round and mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: that that personally I think that's very bad and um, yeah I think it's about working smart not harder you know mm-hmm. um, I think rest is just as important as, as work and um, yeah mm-hmm. like life is um, life is short man so I, I think what epilepsy has really really taught me is um, you need to really appreci- like make the most of the moment like mm. you know I just feel like especially um, our people like people from like you tend to find that um, people that come from back home and when they come here like uncles that generation they have this mentality of okay let me work hard now and I'll enjoy later I'm sure you can relate with that. Like yeah, a lot yeah. of uncles, they like that. Let they me they'll come to England, America, wherever, and they'll be like, Okay, let me work hard now, I'll enjoy later. But how do you know you're gonna see later? You know, you could be gone tomorrow. And this is what I don't like about hustle culture because it's like people get in this mindset of okay, work, work, work hard. Bear in mind you've got people that love you, your a family, aid, mm-hmm. stuff like this. And the hustle culture doesn't take all of that into consideration. So you could be killing yourself all week Mm -hmm. and you don't even spend time with your loved ones. You don't even spend time with... And then tomorrow you could be gone, you know. People Mm -hmm. die during um, seizures all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. I just feel like when you have epilepsy, like it really, really shows you, like it's taught me anyway, like don't take things for granted.
2: Mm. and life's
1: not only about work like you shouldn't be
2: yeah like there's
1: other things you need to take serious like rest time mm. for yourself mm. wake up like when you get back from work just have a few minutes yourself to really mm. assess mm. how am i feeling you know mm-hmm. just to get back home and just uh, work work <laughs> yeah. yeah i hate this hustle culture man like yeah i think social media like is yeah it's really toxic like i think for um especially when it first came out um i was really struggling with um mentally because i just felt like am i lazy like am i yeah am i not working well enough or like
0: yeah the, yeah there's there's that element of comparison when you yeah, know yeah and then when you see three four five you know this one person you're like okay that that group of people is like that but then it's three four five six people you're like wait what yeah, yeah. when are they getting that i'm not getting you know yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> i agree yeah, yeah it's confusing the whole thing is confusing and yeah i just don't like it man mm-hmm. and i feel like that that in the past that's i've its had i've tried it before and nothing good came out of it like if anything it just had more seizures and i uh, got more unwell mm-hmm. uh, just to I,
0: be I think, clear uh tried social media or tried hustle culture
1: no the hustle culture, the okay, hustle culture. Okay, okay, right. yeah i tried it like i tried it and nothing good came out of it i just was really unwell and it was in the hospital <laughs> oh <right>, <laughs> Yeah, yeah nothing good came out of it so now if anything the way I live now my, my way now I think if somebody with the hustle culture was to come and see me for a week they'll probably think I'm lazy because I spend a lot of time with myself yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so
0: other than hustle culture what are other triggers that um have been there since your procedure, or have come about based on uh, different lifestyle changes or just growing up?
1: Um, I think generally um, a trigger for me is just, um, I, I really need to manage my anxiety, as weird as that sounds, mm. um, like little things like, let's say I'm trying something. For the first time um whether that be like uh let's say something's broken and i'm trying to fix it for the first time or it could be anything but maybe i'm trying for the first time i just need to manage my anxiety because uh getting too anxious about something can 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 obviously bring on a seizure so yeah i think that's that's a big thing for me just managing um when I'm doing something for the first time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'll never forget um, when I was working at, um, I was still new to this particular job and um, I was cashing up and um, we had a last customer and I was cashed, had a customer coming late. Mm-hmm. So once I finished dealing with the, the customer, I was cashing up basically. And uh, because it was coming to um, time to obviously leave the store, mm-hmm. I was so worried about um, cashing up. So I was trying to cash up quickly. And I just got really anxious, my anxiety started going crazy, ended up having a seizure. So in that scenario, I, I, I probably should have just avoided cashing up, maybe asked someone else to do it for me mm-hmm. or what, on that particular day because my mind wasn't in the right place
2: mm-hmm. and I was
1: already worried about the time. So just, just really being um, things I do for the first time, I just try and um, just take it easy, yeah or try and avoid them if, if they're making me feel a certain way yeah I hope that answers your question yes
0: it does
1: yes it does I, I feel like um, epilepsy like having epilepsy there's other there's so many different things that, that comes with it it's not just the seizures you know there's anxiety yeah. mm. there's panic attacks there's um yeah there's just so many things and obviously society or people don't know about epilepsy everyone just thinks about the seizures and that's it
0: Yeah, 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 and and it's interesting that people make a a big deal about the seizures themselves, which happen for less than 10 minutes.
2: Exactly, (laughs) they don't look
0: at the the ripple effect like you know the way you're talking about anxiety um yeah, yeah. just social ex- exclusion there are many exactly. ripple effects but people hone exactly. in on the fact that oh i don't want to hang out with xyz because I don't want to be uh, be there when they fall down but then there, exactly. there's so many other things that happen um on top of the seizure that people get exactly. recognized
1: yeah i agree
0: but also when you're talking about um uh, of just your journey i and I think it's something I've always known but never really thought about is when you have a philosophy, you you become self aware like uh, the yeah, more yeah. you continue doing things and seeing what works for you, what doesn't work exactly then, yeah. you become more self aware than the average person because you get to,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. i I don't like that, I like that, or I need to do this because it's it's more like we we, we are forced into mindfulness.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're definitely more aware of your body more, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. You're always
1: asking yourself questions. You know, is this? Mm-hmm. Am I feeling okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is this the right way to be feeling? Mm-hmm. And I, feel like I this before.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Curious. Yeah. What? What? Just before you get a seizure, do you get? What's your aura like? Do you? Is it a headache? Do you smell something? Taste something? What's? How do you know? D-
1: something's about to happen um firstly i would say my eyes go funny Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um i start feeling like i'm unstable like Mm. um, i'm not sure i can stand up properly like what's going on here um what else then my heart like starts going really fast shortness of breath Mm -hmm. I could see stars. My vision becomes a bit bl- blurry as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: think those are the main auras I, I get. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I I thought to ask that just as we were talking about self-awareness, because for me it's usually a headache, and sometimes when I get the quote unquote normal headache, I have to ask myself, is this a quote unquote normal headache or is something about? Yeah, yeah. Do you know? What? Yeah,
1: my problem is. When I get anxiety or panic attack, they're similar, the auras similar, so I'm thinking, I'm asking myself, is this because I feel like something's coming on, mm-hmm. or is this just a panic attack, or, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 so annoying, it's a scary place to be, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah um and then does being really excited or um if something devastating happened do those trigger you because i when i get really excited i can i can also get a seizure so yeah yeah same, unfortunately same. i have to i have to make yeah, like, yeah. i'm like oh i'm getting excited <laughs> yeah yeah,
2: i agree i agree
1: yeah i agree yeah yeah, yeah 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 i agree totally especially when you're anxious about anything that it could be anxious in a bad way or a good way, but either way, yeah. you need to mm-hmm. manage that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And and so what are some of the ways that you use to take care of yourself or, or manage uh, different types of anxiety?
1: I'll try and um, I'll lay down and I've got like an eye mask.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll
1: just lay down, put an eye mask on. Sometimes I do a bit of stretching Um Funny enough, yoga has really helped, like yoga just in general, just stretching,
0: mm-hmm. relaxing,
1: you know, and just get your, your mind thinking of other things, just mm-hmm. totally somewhere else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I'll say the best thing for me is just laying down in bed, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is why I said that people in the hustle culture, or people in general, those <laughs> to see me on a day-to-day basis, they might think, hmm, this guy's a bit lazy, man, He's, he, he goes in bed quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. But well, well that's your self care. Yeah, that's how you're taking yeah. care of yourself. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, um and then something interesting that I want us to talk about is your TikTok and um all those things you do there. So if you could just tell us um what your all TikTok right. account is, how that all began and uh Thank for you. Who <laughs> don't know what you do.
1: Things not to do when someone has FC don't force practices time after time i wrote you down lists of what to do mate you need to go on that ketogenic diet you need to start smoking that good stuff furthermore you're not praying enough mate did you become a medical professional don't think they're lying epilepsy is an invisible condition so sometimes people may even think you're lying until it's too late and you have a seizure why didn't you say you was not feeling well you got all of us really worried look at you you're a mess. I did. I've been telling you, I wasn't feeling well. blame this on me. This happened because of you. You should have said. Don't antagonise. Just to let you know, I've got epilepsy. I just think it's really important that you know. No way, you gotta be joking. What's that supposed to mean? You honestly don't look like you have it mate. Oh, am I supposed to walk around with a sign on my head or something? Once again, not everyone's like that. But if I had to say one thing, it would be this. Rather than assume they can't do something or assume, you know, all the answers. Literally just ask. Ask them whatever you want to know. Just have a normal conversation. Be normal. Anyways, on that note, sweet. <sighs> Alright, so the best way to summarise everything is I'm, I'm just basically a storyteller and um it's funny how it all came about because initially when i started making videos um i used to make like just like goofy fitness videos and initially made like knew about videography because i'd done it very little bit in university but at the time i never liked it and then one day i decided to start making goofy fitness videos and uh, i remember one of my friends laughed at me i got really annoyed and i just thought I'm gonna keep pursuing this thing. I just wanted, for me, it was always a case of, I just wanted to be better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And after that, after a while, I just thought to myself, what value am I doing by making these videos? Okay, fair enough, I'm getting better, but what's the value? Like, what's the purpose?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So one day I decided to make a video um, about my experiences with with epilepsy because um, I generally I wanted to be that person that I wish I had. Growing up, because there was never really a person that spoke about epilepsy, so that was the value I wanted to provide when I made videos, and um, I wanted the videos to be serious, but at the same time, not too serious. So have a bit of humor to it, because when I watch videos online, I I like having a laugh. You know, life's very serious, frustrating. Um, There's so much that happens in life. You know, so another wind down for me is watching comedy so I wanted to bring like be able to make somebody laugh so yeah I just started talking about different experiences I'd had in the past obviously packaged them in, in a story mm-hmm. but giving both sides of perspective so showing how um uh how weird people could be mm-hmm. but showing how it affected me as well mm-hmm. and obviously it would make the audience laugh because you're showing what, what, how weird people could be. But at the same time, the audience is seeing how it frustrated me as well.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, funny enough, um, that that first video was, it was really received well. And um, yeah, it, it was received well. And I just, from there, I just kept going and kept going. And I, I started to work with Epilepsy Action.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, yeah, and they, they really helped in, in, in terms of um, just, Invite me places here and there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, i guess the fact that they would be like tell us a story on this
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'd, I'd make a story about it mm-hmm. and i guess obviously because i kept practicing 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 over time you're getting better and better and you just don't realize it mm-hmm. so but in general my tiktok and everything in general which is based around storytelling thank
0: you for sharing uh about your TikTok, and i'll share the details in the show description so that people can go have a laugh and uh also learn something as they go through your uh TikTok videos so now we'll get into the quick fire session where i'll ask you four quick questions and then um you'll have the opportunity to ask me one question so First question, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do for epilepsy?
1: I'll I'll probably start like a charity.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'll start like a charity and maybe one here and one back home in Uganda. Mm -hmm. Just want to help and just give back or yeah, somehow just, yeah, just spread awareness about epilepsy. Um,
0: Number two, if you were to work with three personalities or three organisations, From anywhere in the world in any space they don't need to be in epilepsy which three personalities or three in um, organizations would you work with
1: well definitely my charity (laughs) my charity
2: um
1: definitely something back home in uganda um like something that um Um, it's maybe some sort of a, um, organization that helps with housing and um, looking after people back, the uh, people that are unfortunate back home. I don't know whether that's a. I can't think of any organizations back home that do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'd like to just be more involved, definitely with um, organizations back home that help with um, just giving back. Mm-hmm um so that's two yeah
0: yeah that's two
1: and then the last one i don't know maybe sony okay i like like um video and stuff like that so have some involvement there with their new products and yeah just give my feedback uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. um question number three if you go back to when you were seven years old, when you had your very first seizure, what are some of the things you would have told yourself?
1: Um, definitely that you're not alone. There's people out there that have um, epilepsy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, life's short, so just um, don't live live every day like it's your last. Like really have gratitude. Mm. And wherever you wanna do or wherever you wanna be, um, just just go for it and just have more confidence 'cause I just feel like epilepsy just just really took my confidence away. Like it just really made me feel incompetent or not the same as everyone else. So yeah, I think those those words are just very important.
2: Uh-huh. And there's
1: so much things that I wanted to do, I feel like yeah the way I state that the way I thought was wasn't right you know and they they hampered me in certain certain scenarios
0: <laughs> okay and the last question um what do you see in the future um, it could be with your TikTok it could be with your advocacy it could be in any other area but with regards to epilepsy
1: um what do I see in the future um I see, yeah, I just see myself really continuing what I'm doing now, and um um this is definitely just 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 continuing this whole storytelling
2: mm-hmm.
1: thing that I'm doing at the moment. I think maybe even make like a short film, um maybe make it like a short film, I haven't decided what what it'll be. Based around, but I definitely want to do a short film at some point
0: mm-hmm. um, in the future. So
1: yeah. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: This is like a bonus question. Is it, uh are you thinking fictional or non-fictional film?
1: Uh, non-fictional, definitely non-fictional. It will be uh, maybe based on like an experience I've had, or um, yeah. But um, definitely some a, a short film, definitely hundred percent, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Now you ask me a question.
1: All right. Um, um. What are What are your main? Um. Yeah. What do you want to do? Like, moving forward. Like, where do you see yourself? If that makes sense. Um. In the future.
0: I want. So I want to continue with my schooling until doctorate. So I wanna go get a PhD. Um, and then I wanna teach. I I wanna be a professor. So that's that's something um I would want to do. Yeah, but still continue doing this. So I don't know how all those things will work <laughs> up, but I'm sure it But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe this will grow, maybe that's part of the future. This will grow and you'll have a media team who'll run around and do all these things as i'm out teaching the next generation of of, um epilepsy and mental health advocates so that's that's what i want to do yeah
1: fantastic fantastic
0: yeah good so thank you very much for your time as we wind down please tell us how to get you TikTok, twitter instagram facebook um Websites everywhere, anywhere that we can get you. Uh,
1: everything's just Derek K, so D E W R I C K, and then K A Y, and then yeah, it will come up everywhere. It's just Derek, Derek K. I think U K some of them, but yeah, Derek K, and then yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Any events, activities that you have coming up in the next couple of months?
1: um obviously you know purple day is coming so i'm thinking of doing like a story for that day I haven't decided like, mm-hmm. um gonna we'll do like a, a special purple like special day for that i mean special video for that day yeah um yeah we'll see what happens i'm supposed to be meeting chantel actually
0: mm-hmm. in
1: london we're doing they're having some event um for epilepsy action so we're going to talk about um uh, we're going to be talking about epilepsy in that day but i can't remember what day it was i need to double check my... but yeah I, I would say i'll mention it on my social medias closer okay. the time but I say march it's happening
0: yeah march 26th
1: yeah march 26th but i mean apart from that we're having another oh, meeting like okay okay so,
0: okay, okay i'll
1: mention it i'll put it earlier to the day on my socials
0: okay okay we'll, we'll be on the lookout for that but thank you so much <laughs> for your time and for sharing thank you so much also. That. Yeah. okay have a nice weekend bye
1: thank you bye all the best
0: okay. all right <clears throat> i did my mindfulness because today's episode was about reminding ourselves of just ourselves just our inner selves and just being aware of who we are, where, what we're feeling at at every uh, moment. So as we start this new month, I hope that you'll adhere to some of the things that Derek shared and replace hustle culture with being present, being in the moment and um, making sure that you stop and check with yourself every so often. So have a zenful month and be sure to follow derek on tiktok special shout out to epilepsy canada for making this series possible i'll be here with part five of this seven part series next week until then sending so much love and light to you